Well, good morning, everybody. It's great to see you today again. Moms, uh, happy Mother's Day. So thankful for y'all. Uh, if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name's Jake. I'm the pastor of Midtown Church, and I'm um, just so glad that you're here joining us today. Really, really love that uh, opportunity to worship with you and get to spend this time with you. Uh, so as Krista said earlier, our church is really built around this idea of practicing the way of Jesus together in Austin. And that, that we, the reason that's a big deal to us is because uh, the way of Jesus really is a way of life. It's a, it's a way of living. And that uh, if we're going to follow Jesus, that's not just an abstract spiritual kind of uh, term. It, it actually means that we would take up the practices that Jesus did, that we would seek to be with him and become like him and do what he did. And so as a church family, we, we try to work together to help each other do that. And one of the ways we do that is by every uh, four months or so, we take a practice from the life of Jesus and we kind of drill down on it and we encourage all of us to adopt it as our own, as a way to practice the way of Jesus. And one of the reasons why that's important to us is because we recognize that our big vision, our big prayer is to see Austin become like heaven, in Austin as it is in heaven. And one of the ways that's going to happen is by each of us becoming more and more like Jesus, that if we, as we grow to become more like Christ, more loving, more compassionate, more kind, more full of joy, more at peace, that will have an effect on the people that we are around on the day-to-day basis as we live and play and work and all that stuff in our city. And so we say, okay, God, make us more like you. Let us follow you, be with you, become like you, do what you did. And how? Well, let's practice the ways. Of Jesus, And so today we're kicking off our summer practice, which is, as you can see, the practice of Sabbath. And I t- I'm telling you, I'm really looking forward to this time together because whether you realize it or not, uh, you want Sabbath. You do. See, Sabbath, uh, we get that word from the Hebrew word Shabbat, and it, and it most literally means to stop or like to cease, right? It, it, it's, it's this idea of that you will take a day and just stop working, stop worrying, stop hurrying, right? It's like, just stop, right? You, and we all want that, don't we? Well, whether you realize that you do or not, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, Marketing agencies all over the world know that you want that. That's, that's why uh, so many of the ads you'll see in lifestyle magazines or on your social media feed or a commercial, it, it, they, uh, marketing agencies, they leverage Sabbath to try to help sell their product. I mean, think about yeah, the couple just lounging. When was the last time you did this, right? We're just lounging in bed, reading a book, sipping coffee in the morning. Or think about the, the cool hiker just taking in the views and just, just, just love. And then that cool Yeti cooler next to her. Or think about the, the guy just out by himself and his dogs fishing this cool poncho shirt. See, marketing agencies, they, they, they take images of Sabbath 
of rest, of stopping work, and they use it to help sell their product because they know that deep down all of us ache for that kind of living, that kind of way of being, that kind of rest to, to stop. But <laughs> the, ironic, the ironic thing is you don't actually have to buy you know, $120 organic sheets or uh, yeah, a $500 cooler <laughs> in, in order to get to Sabbath. All, all you have to do is just stop. <laughs> That's all you have to do. To Sabbath, you just stop. But unfortunately, we rarely ever do that, do we? I mean, and as a result, we are just so <sighs> tired right? I mean, it feels like low-grade exhaustion is just the kind of the normal way of being these days. And you, get, you ask anyone, hey, how, how are you doing? What do they say in return? Most often you hear, hey, I'm good. I'm just busy or tired, right? I mean, I ask anybody at different stages of life, genders, and, and uh, you know, socioeconomic standings or ethnicities. Like across the board, that's the common refrain. I'm good, but I'm just busy. I'm just tired. I mean, when was the, when was the last time you asked someone how they're doing? And they're like, you know, I'm good. I'm just, I just, just a little bored, you know? Just don't have a lot going on. Things are just uh, really slow these days, you know. <laughs> no, one, no one says that. Even if, even if it might be true, we don't, we're not like readily wanting to admit that for some reason. I, I guess the reason is because in our culture, uh, we put a lot of significance on being busy. In fact, I think it's not just a cultural thing. It's actually something that's going on inside of us that in our, I would say, brokenness, our sin... We, we, have, we, have, we have become to believe that uh, who we are is determined by what we do. And so uh, to be of someone of value or worth, you have to be doing a lot of things. Keep being productive. So you matter. And then our secular world, it just comes alongside of that, reinforces that. And so you just feel like you got to go, 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 go. All the time, you're running from work to, uh, you know, the gym to drinks with friends or to school to pick up the kids, hopefully not right after each other. And then, uh, you know, then you run into practice and then to church and whatever it might be. But you're just go, go, go. But friends, let me tell you, that does damage to our souls, the go-go-go pace of life, the, re the, the rarely ever, if ever stopping, it, it does damage to our souls. There's this great quote by Corey Ten Boom, who once said, if, if the devil can't make us bad, he'll make us busy. If the devil can't make us bad, he'll make us busy. And there's so much truth in that because busyness and sin have the same effect. 
You ever thought of that? Because like, they both greatly affect your ability to produce, um, they, I'm sorry, they both cut you off from your awareness of and connection to the spirit of God, which then greatly affects the spirit's ability to produce his character, the fruit of his spirit in us, his life in us, which keeps us from becoming the type of people God created us to be, which is people marked by love. The, if, if you're a Christ follower, you know that Jesus taught, like, greatest commandment is this, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. And so for Jesus, the, the end goal of our spiritual journey is, in a word, love. That uh, to live in the love of God for you, and then in response to love him and love others with him. That's what he's turning us into, forming us into, or what he wants to through the Spirit. But, man, when we go, 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 when we're just so busy and it leads to just feeling so tired and exhausted and worn out, that makes it really hard to love, doesn't it? See, it makes it hard for us to love God. I mean, we know it's a, <laughs> it's a lot easier to sin when you're tired. That's why Mama always said, nothing good happens after midnight, right? It's like, like, and then it, it's also really hard to love others when you're tired. Like whenever I am tired or in a hurry, just exhausted, so busy. Like I can be so rude and irritable and impatient. I mean, I'm just not at my best. Camp and Enoch are just looking at me, my sons nodding along too strongly there. But it's true. Friends, uh, it's not... Jesus' will for your life, for you to be chronically exhausted, sleep-deprived, unhappy, and unable to love well. Listen, (laughs) that's the enemy's will for your life. He's all about that. But Jesus, now Jesus' will for your life is for you to grow into a person marked by love. Love for God and love for others to to help us grow in the love that he modeled. And so to help us grow in love, he modeled for us a way to live that's very different than the world's go, go, go kind of way. See, Jesus modeled a life marked by the practice of Sabbath. But unfortunately... This is a practice from the life of Jesus that we uh, have um, neglected, that most of the Western church has neglected. Think about this quote by A.J. Svoboda in his book, Subversive Sabbath. He says, Sabbath has been largely forgotten by the church, which has uncritically mimicked the rhythms of the industrial and success-obsessed West. The result? Our road-weary, exhausted churches have largely failed to integrate Sabbath into their lives as a vital element of Christian discipleship. 
It is not as though we do not love God. I mean, we love God deeply. We just do not know how to sit with God anymore. He continues, we have become perhaps the most emotionally exhausted, psychologically overworked, spiritually malnourished people in history. And if not the most, we're up there. (laughs) It's not a good list to rank high on. And so I just wonder, friends, or at least I wouldn't even, I'm not even wondering, I am suggesting to us that maybe it's time to build Sabbath back into our spiritual practices that we would actually learn from this practice from the life of Jesus and begin the Sabbath. Now, as I, as I said earlier, the, the word Sabbath, Shabbat in Hebrew, it, it literally means to stop, but, it's, but it also carries with it, this word carries with it this, this meaning of stopping in order to rest and delight and worship. And so what we're going to do over the next, uh, starting this week and the next three weeks, is we're going to drill down on each of those ideas throughout this series. Okay, we're going to take them one at a time. And so today, we're beginning with stopping. Beginning with stopping. Yeah, so that's what I want to get into a little bit here. Uh, if you read through the Gospels, you'll find that many, there are many stories that involve Jesus and the Sabbath. Interestingly, uh, in most of the stories, Jesus is actually doing something that the religious leaders of that day uh, didn't allow to take place on the Sabbath. In most cases, he was healing people. Like, how, how dare him? But uh, it's, we'll get more into it later in the series about why that happened on the Sabbath. But what is clear from the gospel accounts of Jesus' life is that he practice Sabbath. It was a part of the rhythm of the weekly rhythm of how Jesus lived his life. Like if you were to say, okay, I'm a, Jesus would say, come follow me. And you were like, okay, I'm going to start following you, Jesus. And you started on a Thursday, then you would be doing all kinds of things on Thursday and Friday. And then Friday night, boom, Sabbath meal. And you would stop from all work. And you're like, well, Jesus, don't we have a lot to do? He says, no, no, this is this is how we live. You're going to learn this rhythm as following me. But for some reason, we have stopped that rhythm, and yet we still say, no, I'm following Jesus. And it gets practical. So Jesus practiced the Sabbath. It was part of his life rhythm. And the reason why he practiced the Sabbath is because he, along with the Father and the Spirit, the triune God, actually initiated the practice of Sabbath all the way back into the very beginning of creation. And I want to show you that. So if you will, go to Genesis chapter 2, or you can follow along with the slides above. But we'll see in Genesis chapter 2, you have the very first occurrence in Scripture of the Hebrew word Shabbat, of Sabbath. And here's what it says. Thus, the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. And by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he, Shabbat, that's our word, he rested from all of his work. And then God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy because on it he, Shabbat, rested 
from all the work of creating that he had done. Now, okay, very simple observation for us here, but just notice uh, God Sabbath. When God stopped, God, God stopped from his creating, cre- creating work and, and, and rested to delight in the work that he did. We'll get into that more, but he stopped. God stopped. And, and notice too that he, uh, he stopped during a pretty busy week, you know, busy season. He was trying to, he was getting a lot done. And then he said, no, I still build in time to stop, to, to rest. You know, when that dawned on me, I just thought, man, okay, God, that, that kind of under, oh, undermines a lot of my excuses why I, I don't Sabbath. You know, I, I feel like, man, I just have so much to do, or I, I like to think I'm just so important. I can't, like, not do these things. And, and it's like, well, no, but, but, but God, God Sabbath, you know? It's like, well, but, but, but God, I'm a doer. I like to get stuff done. And so I just kind of have that in me. He's like the creator of the universe. Stopped. But I have young kids at home, right? Or I'm starting to start a business or whatever it might be. But yeah, yeah, yeah. God Sabbath. God, God stopped. And when he did, friends, he uh, built built in a healthy, life-giving rhythm into the fabric of creation. See, uh, the, the rhythm is work for six days. For many of us, that's five days at our job and then another day to take care of other responsibilities that we have and then to stop on the seventh day. Work six days, stop, and don't work on the seventh day. That's the rhythm that God built from the very very beginning of creation, which is what God does. I mean, you look at his creative work, you see that there's rhythms all throughout it. There's rhythms with how, the, how things work within the planet and within our body and within our week. Think about the, the rhythms of our planet. You've got the rhythms of, of you know, spring, and summer, fall, and winter. You've got the rhythms of day and night. You've got the tidal rhythms, the sea and the land. Think about the rhythms within our own body, sleeping and waking Breathing, inhaling, exhaling. With all of those rhythms, we would say, if those ever got thrown off, that things would not go well, right? And if you just forgot to, to, to actually inhale, it's not going to work out for you, right? Like these rhythms, these life-giving rhythms, how God created the world, they're there for health. God builds in rhythms. He does the same, friends, in our week. It's interesting, um, the, uh, the, the latest uh, serious attempt to change the seven-day uh, week occurred in 1793 during the French Revolution. Did you know that? I didn't until I was studying this this week. Um, but they sought to implement a 10-day week in order to increase productivity. But the result was that productivity plummeted. And even worse, there was a rash of sudden uh, suicides and a spread of mental illness. Unfortunately, our generation is now kind of reliving the ambition 
of the French Revolution all over again. But not due to some kind of government fiat to try to increase productivity, but due to the advances of technology in large part that were actually created to help us slow down, you know, work less. Things like, you know, electricity itself and, and the light bulb and the car and the alarm clock and the computer and the plane and that smartphone. We're just always go, go, go now. Never slowing down to stop, not like not 24 hours. And as a result, it has huge consequences, negative consequences in our life. See, uh, when we live without Sabbath, we go against the rhythm that God, the creator, has sown into the fabric of creation. Refusing to take a day to stop and rest once a week is to fight against the way that God set up the universe to function. And as the philosopher H.H. Farmer once said, when you go against the grain of the universe, you get splinters. See, when you, a refusal to stop, to just push yourself to limits all the time, leads to burnout. We know that. Many of us feel that. It leads to stress and a trashed immune system and brain fog and frayed relationships and distance from God. But when we Sabbath, we reap the reward. <laughs> this... uh could go a lot of different places with this point. And so the reward that comes with Sabbathing, the rest that comes and the peace that comes, the la- lack of stress. But I, re- I came across this uh, study, the Blue Zones Project. Have y'all, are y'all familiar with this at all? Maybe some of y'all. Uh, this is pretty fascinating. Blue Zones Project, uh, the lead guy on this project is a guy named Dan Butner. He's a fellow for National Geographic. He, uh, and what he's done is he goes all over the world and studies the uh, community of po- like population communities where they have a much larger lifespan than the, than the surrounding nation that they're in or surrounding, you know, state or whatever it might be that they're, that they're in. And there's, there's seven of these blue zones where they're throughout the whole world. And only one of them is in America. It's actually located in Loma Linda, California. Now, what's interesting about Loma Linda, California, is that it has an extremely high percentage of the population are Seventh-day Adventists. And Seventh-day Adventists are literally religious about the Sabbath. And hear this, they live on average... 10 years longer than the rest of the American population. The Americans' life expectancy is 79. Theirs, 89. Dan Buechner, when he published this, was interviewed by CNN. They asked him, okay, well, why, why do the people in Loma Linda live so much longer than the rest of the U.S.? And one of his reasons he gave is this, to quote, They take the idea of Sabbath very seriously. Isn't that interesting? My point is, the six and one rhythm is built into the fabric of God's world. And if you fight it, you'll face the consequences. But if you follow it, you'll reap its benefits. 
which is perhaps why later in Scripture, remembering the Sabbath is actually commanded by God. If you want to go, go to uh, Exodus chapter 20, and that Exodus 20, many of y'all know, is, is where the Ten Commandments are found. And one of the Ten Commandments, actually the fourth one, is to remember the Sabbath. Let me read it for us, starting in verse 8. It says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Okay, don't let it be lost on you. This made the top 10 list, right? God's top 10 commands, this is number four. Like it is right up there with, you know, don't murder, right? Or don't lie, you know, don't steal. Like it's, it's, it's like kind of, a, kind of a big deal. <laughs> but interestingly, and really sadly, uh, it's the one out of the 10 that we actually brag about breaking, like even in the moral decay of the West, if you want to get into that, like we still, we, we still don't find ourselves bragging about or hearing others brag about like, man, I told, I told so many lies this week. It was awesome. You know, or I had so many affairs. You, know, you just don't hear people bragging about that stuff. But man, how often do we hear people say, man, I, I just worked all weekend. I got so much done. You know, I just, I have been working so many hours. Just brag about this one. When you think about it, um, it's pretty odd that God had to command us to stop working, right? It's like commanding you to eat ice cream or, you know, to enjoy live music, which, by the way, the, the new ACL lineup looks pretty good. We should get a group to go. It'd be a lot of fun. But I'm not commanding you that you have to do it. God commands us to actually stop, to stop working. Like, why? And it's because he knows. As a result of sin, as a result of brokenness within us, we just we have this just this drive that would lead us to just uh, try to try to uh, live as if we are not finite humans that have limits. That we would try to just continue to uh, build a name for ourselves by what we do, or to try to find our security and what we can earn, and therefore we work and work and work to try to find that security. He knows that these these things they drive us to work, which is to our detriment. And so the God of the universe has to command His people to do something deeply life-giving, to stop and to rest. Now, real quick, let me wade into a little bit of a, a Christian um, conversation. If you're not a believer or you're not sure if you're ready to trust Christ yet, that's great. We love that you're here, and this might, but what I'm about to say here might 
sound really odd to you, and that's okay. Uh, but Christians have actually long debated whether the command to honor the Sabbath actually applies to us. It's, t- it's, in the, it's in the Ten Commandments, but there's a big debate of whether it actually is something that Christians are expected to do. And let me just say, I'm not going to get into all the why that this debate exists, other than just to say that it does exist, and to say that there are really good people on both sides of this argument who have very good reasons for their rationale of why they think it either does apply to Christians or doesn't apply to Christians any longer under the new covenant. But here's my way of stepping around that whole argument (laughs) is that for me to, 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 to talk about whether we have to, you know, have to keep the Sabbath or not, it's just about as helpful as asking if we have to follow the law of gravity. Like, listen, you, you can, you can uh, work with it or against it, but it just is. So even if the Sabbath command is no longer binding under the new covenant, it still stands as wisdom. See, lots of things aren't commanded in Scripture, but uh, they're still essential to becoming a person of love. And I think this is actually one of the big ones. And so we would do well to at least receive it as wisdom. And as Exodus 20 says, remember the Sabbath. And that word, uh, remember, it's, it's pretty significant. Alice actually taught on this a few weeks ago uh, when she was teaching on Psalm 103. But uh, just to jog your memory, that word, remember, in Hebrew doesn't simply just mean recall. It, it actually means uh, to, to make something so central to your consciousness that it controls how you act at all times giving shape to your behavior and, of behavior and life in every moment. So, for example, oh, not that Krista would ever <laughs> have to say this to me, but if I was uh, going out with some, some guys for the guys' night and we were leaving and she were to say, hey, honey, have a lot of fun, but remember we're married, <laughs> If she said that to me, she wouldn't be saying, hey, go have fun, but just take a minute to recall our wedding day. No, that's, that wouldn't have been the point. The point of saying something like that would be to say, no, 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 let, let what happened on that day impact how you live all the time, including tonight, right? That, that would be the idea. Now, of course, she wouldn't have to say that to me because the, the, her wedding day is the controlling memory of my life. It's the greatest thing ever and all those kind of stuff that I can say to make sure that she knows that she doesn't ever have to say that to me. But um, you get the idea, right? Well, when it comes to the command to remember the Sabbath, what that means is that we are called to remember the Sabbath in a way that it influences how we live at all times. Which I know maybe sounds kind of squishy or abstract, hyper-spiritual, but it's actually very practical. And let me give you some examples. Um, One way... uh, One thing that this means 
is that the call to remember the Sabbath means more than just to remember uh, to stop working after six days. It, it, it means to remember that you are a finite human being. That when you live in light of the Sabbath at all times, you're living within this, this concept that we're, we're not computers. We're, we don't run 24-7. We weren't designed to. That there's a rhythm, a healthy rhythm to life as God created it. And therefore, I'm not going to try to redline all the time. I'm going to take a day where I just stop and rest. But that also influences how I live the other six days, knowing and being mindful of the fact that I'm limited. Which is to your health, because we are limited. We're finite people. See, it affects how you live all the time. Or here's, here's another example. To live in a way that's marked by remembering the Sabbath means to live in a light of the truth that our value and our identity isn't based on what we do. It's based on who God says we are and what he has done for us. And so we don't have to work all the time to earn a name for ourselves. We're already loved and cherished by God, and therefore we can stop. And as we stop, we remember where identity comes from, and that certainly impacts how we live all week long, doesn't it? See, when we, one last example, when we remember the Sabbath, it also means that we're remembering or living in light of the fact that God is good. That God is good, that he's a good father who loves you and loves to give good gifts to his children, which we remember every seventh day when we stop and we enjoy the gift of a day of rest. But being reminded of God's goodness to you on a weekly basis impacts how you move through the other six days as well. To remember the Sabbath. This is why Walter Brueggemann in his book, Sabbath as Resistance, says, People who keep Sabbath live all seven days differently. And it's true. For when we remember the Sabbath, we are remembering a way of being in the world, which helps us move from restlessness to restfulness, and from hurry to peace, and from doing to being, and from grasping to gratitude. And from working to abiding in God. See, friends, Sabbath, like all the practices from the way of Jesus, is a means to an end. The end of practicing the Sabbath isn't just to be able to say, well, I practice Sabbath. You know, and, and it's not even to be able to be more re at rest or, or you know, at peace. The, 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 the end goal of Sabbath is to participate in the love and life of God himself, to center our entire life around him, to love more deeply in him, to ab abide in him, not just on the Sabbath day, but all week long. See, that's the way of life that Jesus modeled for all of us as he practiced the Sabbath. And so listen, friends, you don't have to live a Sabbathless life of a just nonstop exhaustion. 
you, right where you are, no matter your stage of life, can practice the Sabbath. And you don't have to earn it, and you don't don't have to buy it. You just have to stop. You just have to stop. I began uh, practicing the Sabbath uh, just about two years ago. Grew up in the church all my life. This was never, never anything really emphasized for me. I wish that it had been. Because the last two years have just been so helpful. It's been so good for my soul. Just to take a day where I stop all work and focus on resting in God and delighting in the good gifts and just enjoying the day. It was awesome. I love it. I look forward to my Sabbath every week. It's, it's, it's one of the things that during the end of the week that gets me, keeps me going. I know the Sabbath awaits. It's the thing at the beginning of the week that, that helps give me energy as I get going because I've, I'm coming from a place of rest. I love it. Like for me, you know, I, I work on Sundays. No surprise there. But, you know, and so Sunday Sabbath is not as hard for me to do. So I start, I start my Sabbath Sunday night and end it Monday dinner. And it's, I just love it. We, we have dinner together as a family. I take naps. I read. I just enjoy time with God. Enjoy time with friends. Enjoy time with family. Enjoy time not working. It's such a blessing. And like I said, it has been so good for my soul. And friends, I, I want that for you. More importantly, God wants that for you. So the invitation is for you to begin to practice the Sabbath. And listen, uh, if, you, if you feel like this is, like you're on the fence, then I, I would just say, huh, that's okay. This is, this is just an invitation right? We're not going to call you and make sure that you're taking a day off on such and such day. It's just an invitation. But the invitation is for you to take, take a, at least a time, a chunk of time, ideally a day, but I think many of us are going to have to actually work up to the ability to take a whole day to Sabbath. And so the invitation is for you just to pick a time, either a half day or a four-hour chunk or a full day where you will stop, and this week, the practice is very simple. It, 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 the, what we're asking you to do is to pick that time and to do one time this week, between now and next Sunday, to Sabbath. I guess you could even, first time Sabbath could be next Sunday, if that's, that fits for you better. But that's the ask. Would you consider doing that? Now, if, if you're thinking, okay, well, uh, well, I don't know like, what, what, what's a, when, I, when I could do it. Let me just say real quickly, uh, we put this practice guide together to help you in the implementation of this practice. And in it, you'll find in week one uh, some tips on helping you identify when the Sabbath and to give you some ideas of what to do during the Sabbath. And the ideas of what to do, just to be clear, are not a to-do list item, okay? They're not things that you have to check off. That kind of goes against the idea of the Sabbath, but they are best practices that will help you know, okay, all right, I'm not working, now what? It gives you some really good tips of things to do that, the way that Christians have practiced the Sabbath for, for a very long period of time. And so I encourage you to look at that. I encourage you to consider, you know, either the traditional Sabbath of a Friday night to Saturday 
Saturday evening or the uh, Christian Sabbath on the Lord's Day, most commonly practiced, which would be a Saturday night to Sunday evening and includes our time of worship together as a church family on Sunday mornings. Or if you're like me and you kind of work the weekends, then another choosing another day in the week, the Sabbath, that's all, all of those are really great options. Will you practice the Sabbath? Okay. Again, if you're on the fence, just want you to know that, that that's okay. We love you. We're so glad that you're here. Uh, we, you don't, we're not going to make you do this, but I do want to invite you to. And if you're trying to decide if you're going to really lean into this, then let me just add one more thing, and that is um, I want you to consider, like, how is your soul? How is your soul? And when you look back over the spring or perhaps take a year-long view, you feel worn out, burned out, stressed out? Are you, are you growing in, as a person of love? Are you more loving now than you were a year ago, more compassionate, more full of joy and peace, patience, kindness? If not, if you, if you can't seem to know any dif- notice any difference, or perhaps you like, no, I'm actually regressed. Friends, trying harder isn't the way forward. No, abiding is the way forward. And so we look to the life of Jesus who teaches us how to abide and commune with God through the way that he lived. And I would just offer up to you Instead of trying harder, why don't you take some rest in Christ? Pick up the practice of Sabbath. It might just help you become more loving. So to end this message, I want to give you a chance to actually consider, will you decide to do this with us? And so I want to invite the the servers uh, to go and begin passing out the communion elements. And as they're passing these out, I really do want to give you just a chance to uh, consider, will you lean into this? Will you begin this practice with us? And um, if so, talk to God about that. If not, talk to God about that as well. If you do decide to uh, do this practice, then I would encourage you to even try to use this time to identify when you will do it and perhaps write it down or tell a friend so you have some accountability because we're going to need help to, to take a break. So use this time just to talk with God and decide, will you lean into this practice and begin to Sabbath?